Hello. Welcome. Push to Shout. Episode 10. Uh, I'm Skippy Sigmatic. This is uh, Brew Talcum Powder. How you doing? Screwing everything up for everyone. <laughs> uh, we are here after the holidays. It's about to be a new year. It's the last Push to Shout podcast of 2014. Uh, we're glad you can join us. Uh, we're going to talk about some video games, and we're going to start with him. Yeah, so um, I've been traveling around, just um, getting back from the East Coast back to Texas to finish off the break for university. been playing a lot of Smash Wii U. I'm really, really enjoying that. And um, I'm going to talk more about that later, probably, but not later on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's a really fun game. And I played with the Amiibos some more, and it's just really impressive what, what they're able to do. I mean... Some of it might just be reading inputs and everything, but they they pick up on patterns. Like they'll they'll roll, they'll start to know that you'll attack in a certain direction at certain times, and then they'll predict it. It's so freaky, and just trying to keep up or, or change up rather what they're doing um, is is really tough, and it really makes for an interesting game. I saw the interview. Um, did you see that movie? No, no. I, I kind of meant to, but then I was like, eh, fuck it. I mean, it, it's not like a bad movie. I'd give it like two stars, two and a half stars out of four if I had to put like a numerical rating on it. it yeah, it's kind of weak in some bits. Um, specifically, James Franco, that he seemed to be the weakest element of that movie. He was really playing the, the quirkiness of this this um like entertainment news character. I think his name was David Skylark he was playing. Like this kind of um this ho- TV show host of low morals willing to do anything for ratings basically and he's got this kind of fake charm to him, but he was really hamming it up. And then the couple moments like when the in the final interview with Kim Jong Un when he kind of drops that and is a little more serious, that's when he's the best. But I think he played that a little too hard. You could skip it. But it's not a bad movie either. It, yeah. yeah, it sounds like it's about what I would expect from a movie by Seth Rogen and James Franco. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen this as the end, um, but I have seen Pineapple Express. It's not as good as that movie, but if you like that movie, you definitely will find some find some humor in this one. So, yeah, it's worth checking out. Um, I mean, the more important issues about the movie are obviously. Not related to the movie, really. There, there are issues of terrorism yeah. and free speech, but we talked about all that before. Which is something so. that a lot of people don't seem to be able to separate. Like, I, I read a, there was a, what was it? Fucking Seth Rogen tweeted at, ah, oh, fuck, Vogue. I don't know. One of these fucking progressive bullshit magazines that it, pissed me off Verge? every fucking week. I think it was Verge. It might. It was Verge or Vogue or Vice or one of those fucking magazines, and um, and they had an article that was like. It's not your patriotic duty to see the, the interview. And I, I saw that headline and I was like, yeah, okay, fine. That, they're right. And then they just go into this whole thing about like how the movie's trivializing horrible things happening in North Korea and stuff. And it's like, that's, that's satire. Like, that's kind of the point of comedy is, is to trivialize things that are really terrible and to laugh at the worst parts of the world and, 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 and whatnot. Like, I, not laugh at it, but like, <laughs> make, yeah. make you happier about, not we're, we don't live in a great world well, the, and comedy is supposed to kind of avoid that like i don't know I, it really fucking pissed me off reading that article yeah i read that too like the the complaints really 
One of them was about representation of women, of course, because you have to complain about that for everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, Um, of course. And the funny thing is the female character they were complaining about is barely in it. She has, like, a couple scenes. I didn't understand where they were going with it, but whatever they were describing clearly wasn't what the character was like in the movie. So I'm not even sure how closely they were paying attention. But um, what my main thought after seeing the movie was um, how... How awesome it would have been if Trey Parker and Matt Stone had had taken that same premise and generated that same controversy. Because if if the interview actually had the kind of satirical bite, that kind of power to it in the movie, that kind of um, matched the the controversy it generated, then that would be really something. It would be a, a cultural happening. But it's not really what's what's going on here. It's a international incident basically but the movie itself isn't anything special yeah and it it was never like the thing is like it was never written or made to be that kind of movie anyway like to make a statement and it's only been turned into that in events after it was made so like i almost i I, or i definitely feel sorry for like seth rogan and stuff for getting he's getting criticism for making satire when it really isn't satire from what i can tell it's just dumb humor and that's fine. Like dumb humor's fine, but but the expectation of it being some kind of statement about North Korea is 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 retracting from what the movie really is, which is not anywhere near that high caliber of of, of humor. Which is again fine. Like dumb humor's great, but yeah, the expectation I think people have for it is, has 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 made the reaction to that movie a lot worse than it should be. Yeah, it's not breaking new ground in in terms of um, what people have said about North Korea before. Um, if you've been alive for the past forever, you'll know everything <laughs> about North Korea that the movie's going to tell you. You're not going to learn anything from it or get any new perspective into life there. That's not what really it's about. But And, and that's not something to criticize it for necessarily. But I just kind of like, it's such a cool premise and it's probably never going to be done again. And it would have been cool if it was done that well. But yeah, yeah so that's the yeah. interview. Um, I also picked up on the uh, Steam sale a 4X game. Maybe I think I saw a few people from A Bad Feeling playing it. I'm not sure if you're one of them. But it's um, uh, Endless Legend. You heard of that game? I haven't. I have no idea what it is. It's it's a lot. It's really similar to um, Civilization V. You played that, right? Yes. Okay, so I, uh, it's similar, but mechanically, everything I've seen in it is better than Civ V. Um, you kind of, first of all, it's got a lot more just interesting bits of world. It's not based historically. It's like a fictional planet and fictional races. And each race has their own like cutscene that explains their, their origin and, and what they're, what they're about and what they're trying to achieve. And they have different play styles that suit them. It's really cool. And then the, uh, the flavor text doesn't just feel like flavor text. And it's actually interesting that stuff that I want to read. It's kind of slow, slower than Civ Five, maybe, but um, th- there's just so much cool in it. I'm, I'm trying to remember specifically. Dust is kind of the new gold, um, but that's just kind of a, a, a name difference. It definitely prioritizes um, micromanagement of workers. You don't have to do it very often, but making sure that you direct your workers to whatever task you're you're trying to achieve is really important in this game. In Civ, you can kind of put things in the production queue or the research queue 
And you can basically, except in really extreme circumstances, trust that the AI or the default configuration is going to get the job done. But I really do like the approach of making you be a part of that process. You feel like you're directing a, a civilization more, really. Um, I haven't played it that much, though, so I can't say too much about it. But from what I've seen so far, um, um, it's looking like a good game. What's, uh, what's your opinion on the new civilization game? Oh, Beyond Earth? Yeah. Um, I picked that up close to when it came out. I played it a few times. I was enjoying it, but I didn't really go back to it, and it wasn't like a conscious thing either. Like, I don't know. I guess it wasn't that different from Civ V to to make yeah. it feel like I was playing something new. Um, it, it did some interesting things, like the quests where you had to make trade-offs between, um, like, purity or whatever the alignments are where you have to make decisions like that instead of just getting random drops from ruins and things um but yeah it didn't feel different enough this this does feel like its own thing yeah i I think conceptually beyond earth like was so disappointing because probably everyone thought the first thing they thought of when they saw beyond earth was oh cool civ 5 in space like you're going to be able to like have planetary battles instead of like like they people thought it was going to be this huge change in how the game is played and and and, uh, then it just wasn't it was like yeah it's in space just on another planet and that's it like like yeah there's there are a lot of additions and stuff but I don't know if I'd call it a reskin, but it's close. You know, it does it does add a lot, but it doesn't feel that much more than a DLC. And I I, I was about to buy it, and then I decided I've already got Civ Five. Yeah, like you don't. It's it's you can pass on it. It's not a major thing. I remembered one unique mechanic that I've encountered so far that's worth mentioning. Um, well, first of all, you don't manually control your borders. There are kind of regions determined on this global map, and then if you colonize any space in that region, you claim the entire region, and it's kind of easier to move your troops around quickly. Combat itself kind of enters this different view, and your you, your units break up into separate soldiers. It's, it's kind of cool. I'm still trying to figure out how it all works, but that's neat. The coolest thing, though, is assimilating what's called minor factions, so there's no barbarians like in Civ, just a, a unitary entity that attacks you for no reason. Um, there are minor factions, and all of them want something, and until they get it, they're going to be hostile to everybody. But you can parlay with them, and you have to research some diplomacy to do that in the first place. But you can parlay with them, and they'll say, oh, we want die, or, or whatever whatever they want. And if you provide it to them, then you what's called pacify them. And after pacifying them, you can assimilate them. And each one of these minor factions, so far there are dozens, um, each of them has their own unique units. And by assimilating these factions, you become able to build that unit yourself. And the coolest part is you can rename units and change their equipment like manually. It's almost like a inventory screen where you can manually outfit your units and change their name. So you really do feel that as your influence grows that you're actually absorbing these races and cultures into your own fold. Yeah, that's neat. It's cool. It's a cool game. I'm going to have to play it more though. Yeah. And then uh the last thing I've been working on is um for for my own YouTube channel. It's a year in review video. It's clocking in pretty long right now. Conservative estimate I'd say is like 20 minutes or so long so i've been working on that i finished um like doing all the voices and the the title sequence today but it's going to be some more work but you know i think i'll be able to get it done uh but yeah i'm 
uh, burning the midnight oil on that one. I, I guess it's time for me to mention also that I'm doing a year in review. Uh, mine's only going to be like half that length, probably. Um, I, I it's I, it's interesting just so that people people know we we haven't collaborated on this in any way at all and. I didn't even know you were doing one, and I don't know how far, how long ago you even knew I was doing one either. We talked about um, it last week on the air. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but we like I was kind of thinking like maybe we'd do something together, but in the end, like I'm really busy lately anyway, right. and I've been struggling just to get this video out on my own time, uh, and having yeah. to work together would probably make that a lot harder anyway. But maybe like I don't know, maybe next year and probably sometime soon we'll do something together, but. Uh, in this case, I think it'll be really interesting to, yeah. to see the difference between what we do. Uh, I feel like you'll probably blow me out of the water. Not only have you had it's more time to work on it, but I weird. That, <laughs> I gotta, it, well, it's yeah. it's really piecemeal right now. I gotta I gotta make it gel, but you know, I, th- I think it can manage. So that's yeah, my I, mine's week, mine's really piecemeal. Mine's mine's so piecemeal. I thought about making two videos out of it, but I I mean I've, I've ended up just making one. But uh, I don't know. I like it, but it's it's it's. It's different. Um, like, it's probably the, the the hardest I've ever worked on a. It's definitely the hardest I've ever worked on like a public video for my channel. So, like immediately before we uh, were recording, I was trying to edit the title sequence, and there was this joke in there, and I was trying to get it to work, and it, it was like half an hour of agonizing over it, and I'm just, this is not working. That's it. It's not funny, and all that had yeah. to be thrown away. But um, yeah, I, I kind of like the shape it's taken. Total, it's about uh. 3,100 words of text. Jesus. <laughs> but hopefully, yeah, I, I hopefully that is, but not it's going to make it worth watching to people. Yeah, my, mine's probably like more around 500 to 1,000 words. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't done any kind of count, uh, count of it. But uh, yeah, I, and mine also like I tried to make it funny at first. Like the introduction's kind of funny. But then... Uh, I start talking about games and I just kind of talk about them and I, I kind of accidentally threw some jokes in there, like watching it through again. I was like, Oh, this is actually a little more funnier than I thought it would be. Uh, and then of course you start adding the video after you've yeah. written it and yeah. you start making visual jokes and stuff, which is, just comes naturally. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if people like it or not because it's not going to be nearly as I, it's whimsical, but it's not, it's not necessarily just jokes. Whimsy. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I guess I'll transition into my own week. Uh, I uh, haven't been doing a whole lot. I, I, the video has taken up my entire weekend, and uh, then there was Christmas, and so I, I, I've not been doing tons of video games. But during speaking of Christmas, during Christmas I uh, played some iRacing, some more iRacing, which I've mentioned before. Uh, it's a very hardcore racing simulator. You have to pay like a monthly subscription and stuff. And my dad has this full racing setup with the seat and the shifter and clutch and all that stuff. And it's a lot of fun. But uh, <clears throat> we had family over for Christmas and we were uh, fooling around with it. Like people who had never raced a car or played one of these games before. And it, I was trying to like teach them how to play it and also teach them at the, the, the track at the same time and everything. And it was it was really interesting seeing someone like try to figure it out for the first time. I I don't know how anyone would be able to like start out in a game like that. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe it depends on the person, but they were so disconnected from what you need to do. Like they didn't understand the, the concept of breaking late for a corner or going wide and then turn hitting the apex and stuff like, like you had to learn these very basic things. Um, I don't know. It's probably not for everyone, but it was, it was interesting. I thought I'd mention it. Uh, I've been watching the wire. Oh, 
my god which what is, a great uh, show it is it's a fantastic it's my show. favorite thing um, ever <laughs> i wouldn't call it my favorite show i think the sopranos is higher than have it. you finished uh, it maybe the wire i've gotten like the the whole reason I'm watching it right now is because I got halfway through season five and then for for whatever reason I don't really remember I stopped watching it and I never finished it and now it's so much time has passed since I watched it I'm having I'm having to watch it again just to get context and everything and I'm glad I am because it's a lot of it's it's really addicting even though I've seen it before um, like the last yeah, the show. last few I'm of course not going to spoil it because that would be monstrous but the la- the ending <laughs> of the show is it feels like a it wraps the entire thing into a whole like if you missed out on that it wouldn't feel like you've even watched the wire to me yeah if it's un- it feels unfinished and yeah, that's why yeah. i was so eager to get back to it i i but that's awesome. i vaguely know how show. it ends i've had it spoiled in the past but i don't remember the details of the spoiler uh it's not gonna yeah, it's, it's not anything. even like a it's not like a shocking twist or, or plot yeah. development it's just the i don't know it's cool i don't want to talk any more about it because I, I would never forgive myself if I spoiled the wire for somebody. Somebody's wire experience. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really good, and I would recommend it to almost anyone. Like my parents liked it, and it's a it's a really dark show. It's really pessimistic, and uh, it could be it can be downright hard to watch sometimes just because of how like how how pessimistic it is about just the way the world works and like capitalism and all that shit like it, it's just really dark. Um, there's pretty much no good guys in this show, and there, there's there, there's good guys, but they're the ones losing. <laughs> the bad guys win. But um, yeah, I like that show a lot. So um, how far are you through in your rewatch? Uh, I've watched season one and four episodes of season two, or something like that. Um, I, I I've watched like all of that in the last several days. Like when I'm not working on my video, I'm watching The Wire. Like that's what I've been doing for like the last four days. <laughs> um, right on. Yeah, uh, that's the life. Uh, the only video game I've really played, because uh, iRacing doesn't... Well, actually, okay, I've played two, two video games, but the only one I've played much of, and the only one really worth mentioning, to be honest, um, is War Thunder, which uh, I played not a lot of World War Thunder, but I played some of War Thunder like a year or two ago um, when it was just planes, and I liked it a lot because it's kind of... To me, it's like a really good mixture of... Uh, of, of a flying sim of like simulating how a plane flies, but also being arcadey enough that it's not just frustrating that you can just jump in there and, and have fun. Uh, it's a little slow, like God, especially, okay. I'll, I'll go ahead. And the reason I've been playing it is because it, they added tanks. And if you're a follower of our website, you know that I really enjoy video games that appreciate tanks. And, uh, and I wanted to see how they, how they handled it and it's it's really impressive like they've got a whole simulation system for the way that the shells like pierce the armor and break apart and all this kind of stuff and uh I, i'm really enjoying the, the the tanks but okay first of all it's a free-to-play game and it shows it's not like i wouldn't call it pay to win there's nothing that you can buy that's going to give you an advantage over someone else that they can't get through playing in it and you really can earn stuff through playing very, fairly quickly like it's not they don't. It doesn't feel like you're being held back because you're not paying for it. Um, but it, it, they everything is closed off. You have to unlock everything, and the things that are closed off might be objectively better than the things that you're using now. So, like you start out and you've got this shitty little tank with no armor, and a tank rolls up and he's just got 
Like, you literally just can't penetrate his armor because you don't have strong enough weapons. Like, you're just fucked, basically. Uh, at the same time, that is realistic because they're they're simulating, like, real tanks, their armor thickness and all that stuff. So it's kind of neat, and it's also really satisfying when you're in a, an objectively underpowered tank and, like, you get the hit, like, straight through the driver's window or something of their tank and take them out. Like, that that can be really satisfying, but it's also just really frustrating. Uh, and it's really slow because, like... First of all, you have to wait for the match, and sometimes, like, there's not enough people playing where you're not getting in very fast, and then you get in, and, like, usually the first couple of minutes of the game where you're just fucking driving to the fucking destination, and then maybe you'll just get shot instantly and die and have to do it again. And that's only... And you can only do it again if you have the right amount of spawn points, which I don't even understand conceptually how you get them, or... Anything like uh, sometimes I'll die. Can you buy them with real cash? Probably. I don't know how, and I don't want to. But like, it's everything about this game is so obscure and just hard to figure out. Like, I die, and I might have a thousand spawn points. And okay, maybe part of it's because I killed a couple tanks before I died or something. But then another time I might die, and I feel like I've been doing well, and I don't have nearly enough spawn points to spawn. I, I don't understand how it works. And then sometimes, like, I can't respawn because the tank isn't ready yet, or I... And you can, like, you can damage a vehicle and have to repair it outside of the game, but some tanks you don't have to repair, and then there's, like, three different kinds of fucking currencies... And then you can go to each tank and you can do little upgrades of, like, make the turret spin faster and make the treads faster and all this kind of shit. And each one has its own separate upgrade path. And then sometimes, like, if you don't want to go into that depth of it, you're going to be underpowered because you have to go in and, like, upgrade your weapons. Like, there was one, there was a shell that I was using that could pierce 14 millimeters of armor. I go in and I upgrade it, just one thing, and I I upgrade it with, like, practically no money whatsoever, like, it's just a really cheap upgrade, and I just go in there and do it, and it goes from 14 millimeters to 100 millimeters piercing power, so it's not like these are little upgrades, like, this is a huge difference, and then, and then I find out that you can't, to use that new weapon, you have to choose it at the beginning of the match before you get in the tank, or else you're gonna have the old, like, God, it's so fucking confusing and just ridiculously deep, and that's cool, but it's also ridiculous. But uh, but yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it does not uh, sound do like, like my kind I, of game. I do have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's probably not as bad as I'm making it sound, but it is ridiculous how uh, how confusing it is. Uh, in the end, though, it, once you get in your tank, it's it's pretty fun and like. You shoot another tank and it pulls up this little window and shows exactly what your shell is doing. Like, if it ricocheted off, it'll show how it ricocheted. And if it pierces, it'll show, like, what components of the tank it hits, like the engine or the crew and all that stuff. Like, it's it's really cool. Um, and, and they've done the same thing for the planes. Oh, and the planes and the tanks can be on the same battlefield. So, like, there'll be a fucking dogfight going on and a tank battle going on. And then, like, someone might dive bomb you. So, it's, it's neat. I'll stick um, to my Nintendo characters jumping around beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can't blame you. <laughs> uh, but I do like those kinds of sim games, so I'll be playing more of that. Um, but yeah, that's... Well, okay, the other game that... I, this is worth mentioning, I guess. The other game that I've been playing is today I downloaded Desert Golfing on my phone. Have Desert you ever heard of Golfing? This? Golfing? Desert, Desert Golfing. Yes, it is a... It is a side-scrolling golf game. What? Like, <laughs> what? Like you have to launch your golf ball over hills on a 2D... 
plane and get it into the hole. Uh, and that's like it. That's all there is to that game. When you, you get it in the hole, and the hole that you get it in turns into the next T, and then you try to get it in the next hole, and then you try to get it, and it doesn't even like say what level you're on or anything. You just fucking do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually like the perfect mobile game, in my opinion, because you just pick it up and you just play it mindlessly, and, and then you can put it down like without having to worry about your score or anything. But it's a weird game. Uh, I like it. I'll pitch that out. <laughs> Sound, it's weird yeah. enough that... Uh, is it free? Is no, yeah. it's fucking two dollars. Well, and I was like, eh, nowadays that's almost want... a good thing because if things are free, they almost have, always have like a trillion yeah, microtransactions. Like this, honestly, like having ads pop up on this game would be really obnoxious because it's it's minimalist. Like I wouldn't call the design of the game like a good aesthetic, really. Like it's it's, but it is it is an aesthetic. Like it it has a style. To Glowing it, so. praise there. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I. I like it. I'll, 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 I've got the plane fly. Oh, I'm going to um, I'm going to New York tomorrow. I, I don't know why I thought I mentioned this already. I, I'm going to New York City for New Year's, meeting up with some friends, and uh, so I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling. So I, that's why I bought the game is just in preparation of like needing to do shit, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my week. Cool beans. So uh, do we want to do news? Yeah, we don't have a lot of news at all, but uh, I threw something else in there. I, I think you know I more that. about the uh, lizard thing than I do, so why don't? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so people probably already know this, but on Christmas Day, Lizard Squad, uh, which is a some fucking anonymous hacker group or whatever, uh, allegedly hacked Xbox and PlayStation on Christmas Day and ruined all sorts of children's Christmases who are looking forward to playing their Call of Duty and whatnot. Uh, and um, I don't know. It, that's shitty of them, I guess. They, they acted like they were doing it for to raise awareness within those companies of, of needing to upgrade their security. But in the end, like, all they did was take down the servers. It's not like they, it's not like they stole information. And it's not like what they did equates to stealing information or uses the same kind of... Uh, I, I mean, I'm no expert on this, but I know that what they did isn't anywhere near the kind of uh, intrusiveness that you need to actually get information out of those systems. So I don't know what the fuck they're accomplishing by by just hacking them this way, like by just taking down their servers. Well, but. yeah, and it's super common. Um, I'm, I'm not a computer hacker or anything, but um, there's black hat hacking and white hat. Black hat is malicious just to either steal information or just fuck shit up, basically ruin things. Or white white hat hacking, which you said they they're trying to expose vulnerabilities. They claim to yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's white yeah. hat hacking. But when you do that, you're supposed to find the vulnerability and report it so it can be fixed. Yeah, like, um, <laughs> like Facebook. If you go into Facebook and you go through the down the rabbit hole of links that nobody ever clicks, and you'll find, you'll arrive at a page that says we'll give you I think it's like a thousand dollars if you report a bug to us. Or, a, or an exploit to us. Like, that's a, a pretty established thing. It doesn't really make sense that taking down the whole network was a way to do this. Yeah, and I mean, they mentioned that they did it through, like, underwater access points or something like that. I, I, I don't know what the fuck. But uh, in the end, like, all they really did was, a, I guess, like a DDoS attack or whatever. And that does not sound like... I don't even know if you can classify it as hacking when you're just overloading servers. Like, that's not... You're not getting in there. You're not getting into their system. You're just fucking destroying it from the outside. So, I mean, obviously it was bullshit that they're doing it for some cause. They're just fucking 
hacking assholes uh, in the end, I think. But uh, the, the, the interesting part of the story to me is that Kim.com, the, the former leader of leader uh, fucking, I guess, CEO of, of mega upload. Um, he has, he tweeted at them and said, I want to play destiny or whatever. Uh, can you please, if, if you, if you let, if you, if you let me play destiny on my PS4, I will give you free mega drive, which is their newest website or what I think it's mega drive, um, vouchers for life. If, if you, if you, if you stop hacking it and you, uh, don't hack it again, then, then you're free for life. And they did it. They, they stopped hacking both of the consoles and, um, and he gave them the, the free vouchers, which personally, I think that that's a really shitty thing of him to do because like, it's, it's the same as like, it's the same as like the North Koreans fucking doing the, the, the interview thing, like threatening to, to, commit terrorist acts like it's nowhere near that 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 level of, of of threat but it's it's appealing to people committing a criminal act it's it's rewarding them for doing something wrong right <laughs> like it's a really it's really shitty and in the end he he really did just do it for himself like like afterwards he was like oh look i i just got them to stop hacking for you guys but he asks them like he, he very he makes it very obvious that he's doing it for that's selfish. his Games, that's like, his mo constantly like when yeah. when the whole nega upload thing went down which first of all wound up being a pretty terrific thing even though a lot of people lost data and still didn't make a whole lot of sense mega.co.nz is a way better website than mega upload ever was um which is way faster you don't even need an account it's just free storage it's perfect it's way better than mega upload and I'm so glad I don't ever have to look at those pages where it's like regular download, premium download. But, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. that's beside the point. He always positions himself in this like grandstandy, soapboxy way whenever he does just stuff that benefits him. When he when his business got seized, he needed to launch a new one. And to do that, he was like, I am the voice of freedom. And then he made this really pretentious like music video where he's like chanting about free speech and, and then he he gives this big presentation. Have you seen his uh, the launch event of Mega? No. Oh God! They have like um like dozens of hot girls dressed in like Soviet uniforms, and they they've staged this thing where they come into seas in their helicopters, and it's it was out of I don't know. It's that sounds it's awful. so over the top. He's an over the top guy, and uh, I don't. He's a really interesting guy. He's got a ton of money. <laughs> and he does weird things with it, and uh, some of those things are good. But I mean, he he tries to look or appeal to people like he's on their side, like just one of them. But he's definitely not. Yeah, and, and he seems like a pretty big piece of shit to me uh, in general. But uh, yeah, that that, that kind of sucked. And uh, also, more, another interesting thing about this is that after the hackers stopped hacking they uh the playstation network went up for like an hour and then went back down and it was down for like days i don't know how long exactly it was down for but uh it it was down for kind of a stupid amount of time um which okay to be fair sony like they've had to deal with a lot of shit (laughs) with their computer systems lately so maybe that contributes to it although i don't think it's the same i don't think it's the same branch of sony that probably like manages their the the playstation network but yeah you're right it could be anything and i think it was probably just 
I don't know, maybe them like reacting to this and, and trying to, and trying to beef up their security or whatever, like in a really, uh, uh, reactive way, like not. Well, I mean, for all we know, they were at the center of a international incident of cyber terrorism. For all we know, there are CIA spooks in there making sure their shit is tight. I mean, I mean, that's a good point. Honestly, in this situation, you, you have to expect that Sony either willingly or, you know, by the force of the United States is going to have to secure itself against foreign threats. Yeah. And and I think people have been giving way too much like okay, Sony a couple of years ago when they were hacked and like they lost all that credit card information and shit, like that was really bad, that was their fault. They should have they should have had better security. Uh this time I I have I I have trouble blaming them too much like okay the initial hack maybe they could have had better security but from what i from what i can tell like it sounds like it was a pretty sophisticated hack not like a ridiculously sophisticated but like most companies would be vulnerable you know and sony just got unlucky um i i I genuinely think that's what happened but uh people have given them a lot of shit uh starting with how they reacted to the interview stuff uh people said well you shouldn't have pulled the interview Uh, and Sony didn't pull the interview at first. It was when the theaters decided not to show it. That's when Sony pulled yeah. the interview. And that, there's a big difference there because the theaters have a lot of pull. Yeah, and we talked uh, about this last week, but because you mentioned it, this bears repeating, that those theaters were legally obligated to show that movie. And Sony was the one to say, we understand that you're scared. You don't have to. We're letting you off the hook. So Sony was the one to say... If you're concerned with your safety, you can, but we'll still show the movie if you're willing to. I, it's really hard to find fault with Sony in any of this. Yeah, and and when when all your major theater chains refuse to show it, you're gonna have to find. And they ended up doing this, but you're gonna have to find a different way to distribute it because you're not gonna make any money if you just release it to the 300 small little theaters around the country or whatever. Uh, right. And and so I think. The, the reason they pulled it is because they weren't sure they were going to work something like that out in time for Christmas, and they ended up working something out, but I, I don't blame them any step of the way in that process. I don't feel like they deserved any of the blame they got for that. Uh, and then and then the, the PlayStation Network goes down and stays down, and people are freaking out about that and saying, this is ridiculous, and, and oh, they started paying for the PlayStation Network, and now it's down. Look at this. And I just felt like... Have you not been paying attention in the news for the last couple of weeks? Like, give them a break. Yeah, like, just this once. I I know that they're a big corporation and everyone hates them, but give them a break. Just this. In once. this uh, interview that the Washington Post had with um with Lizard whatevers, um, they said, "What kind of group are you? Would you say if you had to describe yourself?" They said, "Well, we've been humorously describing ourselves as a cyber terrorist group. I mean, referring to us <laughs> as a hacker slash hacking group would probably be the simplest choice." I don't know. It's just this is less about North Korea, but uh, swatting and just uh, just random hacks of shit. It feels like it's becoming more popular to just fuck shit up for fun. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just don't find it as funny as people do. He he even said that the primary goal. Let me get his quote here because I think you need to understand this this guy's shitty tone to really appreciate how. Uh, terrible this is. Um, he said, fine, fun. I'll control F fun. There we go. Um, why? And why now? What did you hope to accomplish? Well, our biggest goal is to have fun. Come on. Just fuck off. Play, play video games. It's, it's an ego thing, and it always has been. Like, uh, 
that that's the power they have in this world is to you know hack people or in this case ddos them and and they feel like you know oh that's how that's that's how they get their fucking that's how they get off they they get their power power fantasy going and and that's 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 what i think at least i i don't think uh i don't think that they just i don't think it's as simple as just saying oh yeah we're having fun like it's a game but it it is just it is just an ego trip i think they 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 that's why they have a social media presence like if they were just doing it for their own fun like if they were just if they just had fun hacking stuff they wouldn't bother making a twitter account and putting themselves at risk and all that stuff they they want people yeah. to know who they are and and they they that's why they're doing it it just um, it just literally I, is cyber terrorism <laughs> lol and yeah and, and I'm, it I'm is glad you're cyber, fun I, cyber terrorizing but it's still yeah, and, the same <laughs> The the word terrorism, people associate it with like the Taliban and shit. But I mean, terrorism right. can be nonviolent. Just instilling and, and it is terror. cyber terrorism. It, what they are doing is cyber terrorism because they're they're making companies fear being hacked. And not only that, they're now accepting uh, rewards for not doing it, which is like straight up like fucking blackmail basically at this point. I mean, maybe not necessarily blackmail because they didn't initially hack with the intention to do that, but like they're getting into some really fucking shitty things. And, uh, I really hope that I hope that they get caught and I hope it's like this huge fucking news story. I, I would, I, that would be great. If like, if they be. treated them like fucking Al Qaeda, the second coming of Al Qaeda <laughs> and just the full force of the, like put them in Guantanamo. There you go. <laughs> That'd be cool. I don't know. It's just people, it's the internet, and that this is true of any kind of conversation you'll have on the internet, that people don't treat it like regular life, that you can be a piece of shit to people, and it doesn't matter, because it's just the internet. And I guess the same thing with hacking. Like, they don't even care or fully understand that it this stuff matters to people, that their jobs and people's livelihoods yeah. involved. Or, or they I just don't care, I... but if they really understood... I don't think that they're super villains, evil. I think if they actually absorbed the the gravity of what they were doing, they would not be okay uh, yeah. with it. But I, I, I think if they were physically present at the Sony offices the day after they hacked them and saw these people who like they were like a lot of people gotten a lot of fucking shit for that. I'm sure people are going to lose their jobs. And it's it's a really bad situation. There's uh, Sony's lost tons of money, and I mean Sony is just this this corporation, and it's it's faceless. But there are people in that corporation relying on that money, you know, and 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 you are ruining that for them for no reason except your own fun. And so, yeah, I I think they they don't they they realize of course that they're affecting real people, but I don't think that that they think about it. You know, I, I think that they just kind of see it as oh we're taking down sony we're taking down microsoft and 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 they don't think they don't think of how it affects people on an individual level um and you're right i i mean we we obviously have no idea what kind of people they are but i'd say it's a probably a pretty safe bet that if they saw the people that they were affecting if they saw the way they were affecting these people Mm -hmm. they would feel bad about it probably unless they are fucking psychopaths yeah and i don't i don't think that they are Probably, but I don't know. I can't <laughs> speak. Know, I can't right? speak to the kind of people they are deep down in their souls. But what I can speak to is that I know I don't like them. Yeah, they're not people yep. I appreciate. Nope. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, talk about your talk about your 
thing you added. Okay, so this was pretty cool. Uh, I think my the drive on my phone is out of date, but um, somebody was able to go into the the game files of the PC version of Ground Zeroes, and while picking through it. There was like a folder or some depository, I forget how it actually worked, but it doesn't really matter, that um, that was called like The Phantom Pain. And inside, there were like IDs, like mission IDs, and they described like certain mission parameters and um, nothing real specific. They were really just numbers, basically. But each one had a numerical ID, and it starts at zero and goes up to 149. So the thought is now that um, that the Phantom Pain is going to have at least 150 missions, which is fucking awesome, first of all. Yeah. Peace Walker had more, technically, but they were pretty small. They're, <laughs> yeah, a lot of those were like 30 seconds of the yeah, in a Yeah, in a place like Phantom Pain, I mean, you can't really expect every one of those missions to be Ground Zero's length or anything, because, you know, that's a full standalone prologue. But if they're even a quarter as long as that, or, or if even if a mission takes an hour of your time, if you're going slowly, then that's a huge amount of gameplay. That's going to be awesome. And most of the time, you probably won't even want to be doing missions. You can just run around and do stuff in an open world. So with that much content, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. That was, like, the one thing that I wasn't sure about is if they would be able to get that. Cause metal gear always had a kind of problem with that. Um, like pacing itself and, and making sure that there was enough content. It was especially bad in the first one where it kind of went full action by the oh, end. Yeah. Backtracked and backtracked like halfway through just to, to pad out the length and all that shit. But I, I think, I think by now, and especially with the just production values, the whole thing overall built an entirely new engine specifically for the game that they're willing to put in that that effort. They they haven't announced a release date. I think they're very much committed to releasing a good product there. Um, now the the person who announced that on YouTube, his name is Yong Ye. I don't think he found it, but um, he's worth checking out too. He's basically the first guy I, I'm always seeing whenever something drops about Phantom Pain or Metal Gear. He's the first person I see do it. And he always gives a really um, thorough explanation that's also easy to understand. So he's he's good to subscribe to to keep up on that kind of thing. Yeah, I I know that this is like a weekly thing for us, but we do like Metal Gear a lot. I I lied about not about only playing those games. Uh, I I actually completely forgot that I towards the beginning of the week I was playing um, quite a bit of the Ground Zeroes, trying to get like S ranks on some of the missions. I don't. I haven't gotten an S rank yet. Um, it's kind of ridiculous how hard it is to get an S rank. Like you have to, you have to totally plan out exactly what you want to do in that mission and do it quickly. Um, I, I, it's not how I want to play Metal Gear Solid, so I don't know if I'll get the S ranks. Like I like taking my time and sneaking around people and stuff, but to get an S rank, you kind of have to know exactly where the guards are and just sprint to avoid them. Uh, and and that's not very fun to me. Um, but I like how they handle it though, because yeah, I, I mean, I can understand why people wouldn't want to go quickly, but um, I, I find it fun once I've played it a few times. Like if you were really this elite super soldier, he's not a super soldier. You know, what I'm talking about one of the greatest soldiers to ever live, if not the greatest. He's not just going to be <laughs> effective. He's going to be quick in and out. Um, so yeah, I kind of like just slipping in and slipping out like a ghost quickly and um 
Yeah, I, I had fun getting the S ranks. Some of them were pretty tedious. I didn't like the doing the daytime missions, getting those S ranks. The, those mm-hmm. were fun because in the day they can see you from a mile away. It's it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's not ridiculous. It makes perfect sense to be able to see somebody in broad daylight, but it doesn't feel like the Ground Zeroes map was really designed yeah, for that. It doesn't have that yeah. much cover or foliage. It's It was very much designed for the night, and the side missions just kind of like made it day and it's a limited success but yeah uh for this for the s ranks though at least on the main mission the big deal is rescuing all those prisoners if you get all yeah. of them it takes so so long to pick each one up and move them back and forth and that anyway doing that is the easiest way to get an s rank but i think that was the worst thing about the whole game to me was having to pick them up and go back and forth over and over again tediously, <laughs> which is great yeah, that, yeah. that they're adding a balloon to do it for you in, in Phantom Pain. Yeah. Um, although I do hope that the, that, that balloon has limited like uh, use or something because it, during the gameplay demos and stuff, they use it so much that it seems like it's just a, a really easy mechanic to... Like, it was, it was a lot, kind of that way in Peace Walker too. Like, you, you knock someone out and you just balloon them instantly, and their body's gone, and you don't have to worry about it. And like that kind of takes away from the game a little bit. And it's also like, okay, I I, I probably shouldn't be talking too much about breaking immersion in a Metal Gear game because like <laughs> it loves breaking yeah. immersion and breaking the fourth wall and stuff. But it it is really silly when you're making an infiltration somewhere and you do the balloon and it, and a fucking helicopter flies over to pick them up and and, and like it just it's just silly. Um, and and silly's fine, but. If it's going to be like something that you're doing every couple minutes, then then that might actually get kind of obnoxious. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. I noticed that it says um, like a minus G, whatever the currency they use. Like it you costs, have to pay it costs for money it. Yeah. to use. I just hope it's like enough that you actually have to consider it. It didn't seem like that much uh, when they would fold no. things. But um, <laughs> of course, it's not anywhere near finished. Of right, course, right. When those videos are made. So. Luke Sky thirty six. Uh, reminded me of something that I did want to talk about, um, which is a video I saw that like was able to swap the models of um, of the characters in Ground Zeroes. So somebody managed to play as Chico, and it just looks so oh, silly. God. Like he's he's this little kid, like beating the shit out of giant soldiers, and then um, Snake <laughs> is, like, crouching in the cell, and then he sounds like a baby. It's so funny. And um, it, But what is cool um, about that whole thing is that even though the this, the choreography of the cutscenes doesn't quite match up, like an object that's supposed to be out here, far away from you, um, at, like at, at Snake's arm length is going to be floating out in the air for Chico with his tinier arms. But other than that, yeah. all the facial animations and uh, even like the the walking, uh, just the movement of gameplay, it all uh, is is able to be moved from model to model pretty pretty seamlessly. So like for Chico, does it like scale down the animation where his arms aren't like the skeleton? Is it like all fucked up or anything? It was a little bit fucked up. Like he kind of was. You know how Snake kind of arches down. When he's crouched, yeah. Sneeko kind of Sneeko. <laughs> Sneeko, yes, you've just created a new Metal Gear oh cannon. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm gonna call him now. Well, Sneeko, uh, he he kind of looks like a candy cane when he walks around. Like he, he's got this <laughs> really bent back. It looks kind of weird, but it's it's still not like as bad or even half as bad as you would expect. It, it, I don't know. The Fox engine's amazing. 
Yeah, it seems like a really neat engine. Um, it's very impressive. Although I, I, it, it was a little disappointing, like switching to daytime for the first time after playing through the main Ground Zeroes mission. You get to the daytime and it's like, oh, this does not look nearly as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but from the demos that they've shown of the Phantom Pain, it looks like that they've actually worked on like the daytime aesthetic yeah. a lot more, and it looks a lot better. I think it's just because uh, daytime for that map was a complete afterthought. It just looks terrible. In I the think day. so. Yeah, I think they just wanted to show off that the Fox Engine could change the the lighting of a map, and and didn't really put much thought, or or they just didn't have it finished. Really, right. like they just wanted to show that that it was possible. But uh, yeah, um, it's it's a neat game. I I just don't like. I don't like being put under a time constraint in a game like that, I guess, like in a stealth game, because I, I get, I, I, if I'm under a time constraint, I'm get, I get really impatient and I don't even want to just let a guard walk past or something like that. Like I, I have to constantly be moving and shit and it, it just, it, it takes me out of the way that I want to play it. Um, but you know, I, I, it, who cares? Like it's a totally optional thing to try to get an S rank and, and you can get an A rank without going fast at all in the end. So yeah, whatever. like altogether, I probably put, um, I think like 25 hours now in, uh, in the PS4 and now the PC version, like cumulatively, I did everything in the PS4 version. Haven't done it all again now, but eventually just by playing enough, you'll start to know where the guards are going and you don't even have to think about where the guard's going to be. I think that's just a ground zeroes thing, because Phantom Pain is open, and you could be going into an area at any starting time, conceivably. But because you always yeah, start and, ground and... zeroes at the same clock time, uh, that everybody's kind of on a path at the start, and there are certain beats that happen. It's not like... It's not measured by delta time. Certain events trigger certain things. It's a little weird for Ground Zeroes, but I, I'm thinking that's just because it was a very unfinished thing. They they had the Fox Engine, they had the like core mechanics basically, but a lot of the polish of the Phantom Paints wasn't there. So I like I remember if you pick up the um, if you pick up Chico and then you go back toward where they keep pause at the admin building, then. Um, there's like a truck that pulls up and it's there every time there's always a guard standing in front of it that's now walking back to the driver's seat and you start to notice things like that but i hope i'm thinking that's just ground zeros that that phantom pain being open is by design i don't think i don't think phantom pain is going to work like that at all and and they've indicated too that that there's a certain amount of randomness to the missions where like like they show like on the the gameplay demo that starts out with the horse shitting. <laughs> um, they, they said like, okay, see, last time we played this, the guards were over here, but now they're over here, and they get in the jeep and start driving away. And like, so I, I assume that that the, you're going to be relying a lot more on that mm-hmm. that kind of like first time experience, not because and that's what I want out of the Phantom Pain. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. feel like I'm having to memorize a map or memorize a, a guard pattern. You right. know, I I I I, I feel like. They're moving in this direction where the the idea is that you're having to experience it for the first time and play it like it's the first time that even if it's even if it's not the first time you're playing a mission that like you're gonna have to be looking around every corner you're not just gonna know there's not a guard there right you know like um in my second playthrough of uh, Metal Gear Solid Three I'm not saying like that the game is trivial if you if you've played it before and have knowledge because it's it's not at all but it definitely seems to reward prior knowledge a lot like once you know how things are laid out that knowledge can't be taken from you and now you've you've got the upper hand on the game forever and and that'd be cool if they could maintain that novelty for the entirety of the game yeah yeah 
Um, and uh, I've been meaning to play through Metal Gear Solid 3 again, even though I just just finished it basically like a month or two ago. Um, I, I, I The first time I played that game, or the only time I played that game, I played the uh, HD re-release or whatever, for downloaded on PS3, and uh, it gives you the option to have classic camera style or substance camera style. Substance, yeah. And uh, yeah, and I, I was like, I don't want, I don't, I don't, I'm just gonna go with the classic one. Like that feels like that's no. supposed to be the true experience or whatever. Yeah, I very quickly figured out that, that was not what I was supposed to do, but I stuck with it the whole way through because I just wanted that. Like, I wanted the original experience of playing Metal Gear Solid Three. I wanted well, the experience that everyone else I had. Yes, but uh, it wasn't terrible. They but re-released. It was they re-released the game pretty quickly with those updated controls. Yeah. Like they, the original one, if you guys aren't familiar, um, it was Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater, and that had um, a, a similar um, camera layout to Metal Gear Solid Two, and then Metal Gear Solid Three Subsistence gave a more what's what's closer to what third person games are like now, where you can guide the camera around Snake and look forward, and that was way more natural to play that way for me. But because the game was kind of laid out based on that top down perspective, and the levels were designed that way, that sometimes it would feel like you were it was almost too easy because you could see stuff that in the original game you wouldn't have been able to see I yeah mean, and and that's part of the reason i didn't want to do it is because like I, I felt like the game was designed to have that top-down camera angle and there were there were instances where like a guard would see you slightly off screen like it, it's good about not like guards not seeing you from very far away where you couldn't possibly see them but if there's a guard like just off screen they might be able to see you what it, what it uh, did to me or the the most troubling thing it did for me was that it made me too cautious because I would be I remember the biggest example was in Grozny Grad when you're leaving when you come out of the vent I think it is or the passage and you're in the yeah well um, there's like tanks and there's guards kind of walking through them. I could see the guards very clearly, and I thought that if I didn't get right out of the way that I was going to be caught for sure. But if I was looking at a top-down perspective, I would have seen that I was clearly off the screen and that they weren't a problem for me. But because my line of sight was very obviously there, you know. But overall, it it was just painless to play that way. And if you click down the the stick, you can switch immediately back and forth between the two. Oh, that's neat. Okay. Um... Yeah, I wish that's just a default option because then I would have constantly been doing that instead. But uh, yeah, it's it it's not impossible to play with the top down perspective from any any means. But it is it is a little frustrating sometimes. Uh, I, I think there are definitely areas like you mentioned that that would that do benefit from it. Um, but it, yeah, it's 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 definitely probably a better experience. I, I I'm probably gonna play through it again in the the normal third person just because I want to play that game again anyway. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, so, unless there's any news that you can think of here at the last minute, which I can't because not a lot happens around this time of year in video games, um, we'll probably just hand it over to the chat to ask questions or mention things that they want us to talk about. Uh, so, if you have anything, anything at all to ask us or, 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 or mention, go ahead and do that. But in the uh, in the meantime, while we wait for questions to roll in, um, I've been looking at this game called Tomodachi Life. It's like a, almost like The Sims, but for 3DS. And I never liked The Sims. The one, the one that hates homosexuals. I didn't, I didn't even know that. 
I've, I've, I heard some <laughs> vague Nintendo game a while back that there was an issue for that for, and then I saw Tomodachi Life separately. I didn't even know that they were the same game, because I, I played it, and you can't... There's none of that in the game. That's garbage. Anyway, um, they, they have the funniest little songs. It's way, way more... Uh, I not, it, it has more personality than The Sims, for sure. Like, you can... Um, make your your guys sing little songs and make the lyrics for them and they have these not terrible but like cutely bad um like synthesized voices for them it's funny it's a funny game yeah i've I've seen a little bit of gameplay of it just the only reason i even know about it is because of the headlines saying that that nintendo hates gay people which is yeah it's, it's completely absurd but it, i mean it's a feature yeah it should be in the game but like who gives a shit like come on you're, like, you're getting so pedantic at that, at that point um well, yeah, and I fucking I didn't have anything to say. Somebody asked, "What do you think about that new missing plane, Skippy?" <laughs> uh, I am I con that. It. Yeah, I am not okay with that. Well, apparently they know more about this one than they did the other. That it's the what I've heard, and it's I can't say how reliable this is but from what i've heard they're pretty sure that it crashed in some sea it's like the east something sea and they just haven't physically found the plane yet that they're pretty confident that it did crash in the ocean so it's not like a, a where is it kind of thing yeah but they were pretty confident the last one crashed in the ocean too and they still haven't found it but yeah missing planes suck boo <laughs> there's, there's not much Negative, to say about it. I'm not in favor of that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I am politically against the missing plane. Um, I've never played Postal Two. Never really had any. I never had any passion to play that game. Really, I don't know. Have you? I, uh, I've like seen footage of it. I just, it doesn't offend me. That's not why I'm not interested in it. No, um, yeah. It's just I feel like I've seen it. I don't need to play it, and it's. Donkey's video. I don't really even like Donkey's videos that much anymore. But one of his great ones is the um, the Postal Two one. He's just funny where he pisses on cats and <laughs> in the mirror. It's good. It's funny. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Uh, did you get anything for Christmas that's worth mentioning? Because I don't really think I did. <laughs> um, got a keyboard. That's nice. Oh yeah, you needed that because you spilled on it. Yeah, I did. I guess. That <laughs> you know that was really early on in that one too and um you were talking about your week i think and i had like a solo cup full to the top and it just vertically down into the keyboard that was ruined and i was uh shit (laughs) and um it was on push to talk too so i had to like scramble to get some way to be able to talk because the keys weren't going to work anymore and uh (laughs) pretend to keep my cool but but you say you didn't even know when it happened, so I guess they did an okay job. No, with that. I didn't. Yeah. But um, I guess, maybe it would have been funnier if I was like, "Oh fuck!" I don't know. I I, uh, I didn't get a lot for Christmas because I never really asked for anything for Christmas. Because if I need something, I buy it for myself. Um, <laughs> I I got a uh, a really neat little painting. I actually I it's in my car right now. I should have brought it in. I could show it. But uh, it's a uh, it's of Ayrton Senna. Driving a Lotus in the rain. Um, he's he's a legendary Formula One driver. It's it's a cool painting. Can't wait to put it up. I don't I don't really know where I'm going to put it, but I'll find a spot for it. Uh, and other than that, 
I didn't really get anything, especially not video game related. Uh, I, um, I'm going to get myself a joystick, probably a, uh, the cheap Hotas Thrustmaster or whatever. Like it's a $50 joystick with like the throttle control and stuff. Sims. I can't fucking find it anywhere. I, I went to, um, okay. So in Birmingham, there's a major shopping center that's like slightly outside of the city. Like it's a 10 or 15 minute drive from the city on the highway and and there's like a super target and best buy and all that shit and uh i went there thinking like one of some store there would have it because it's like a really common joystick i went to best buy and gamestop and also like i went everywhere that would possibly have it nobody had anything like it and it was also it was on it was on saturday and it turns out that is the worst possible time to go shopping for things apparently because, I, I don't know, I guess people that's when people do their shopping after Christmas or something. I, I didn't know that that was a thing, but I walk into the fucking GameStop, and it's one of those tiny little GameStops. There's probably 30 people in there, 20 of them in line. I, I, I was like, what the fuck? And that was only after I could find a fucking parking spot in this huge parking lot that was just packed. I, I did not know that people went shopping. All I wanted was the fucking joystick. Like, I, I wasn't going shopping or anything, but apparently people do that on Saturday after Christmas, so... I'll that, stay away from those places. That <laughs> I, I just spent like fifteen minutes in traffic. That same Saturday, that's when I was um taking the taking a flight back from the East Coast to Texas. And um like I fly a lot because to get to and from uh home and university is is a, a plane each time. And so I, I do that a lot and this was the most crowded I've ever seen an airport ever. <laughs> just the, the baggage claim was probably there for like two or three hours. Just tons of people. Most of them have no no idea what they're doing at all. Just kind of bumbling around and taking up space <laughs> and <laughs> looking like they have no idea what what their left from right is. But yeah, uh, Saturday after Christmas is crazy everywhere. Um, mm. Hunter Woot 1, Hunter Woot 1... Asked, how much traffic does Push to Shout get? I don't know, actually. I think I, I should set something up, though. Like, some kind of... Yeah, we, we, we need to figure Analytics. out a way to, to do that. Um, it should be easy. Uh, I, I mean. And it's it's pretty easy to estimate, like... Like, uh, the first thing that we put up, the first podcast that we put up, got a ton of listens. At least people just clicking yeah, on yeah. it. Like, it got, like, hundreds. Um and to estimate, like, a lot of those were just people who were curious who will never come back. Like, a ton of those. A large majority of those. But even then, like, I, I, I can estimate that we've probably got at least dozens of people who are at least partly coming back on a, on a semi-regular basis, I would say. I, not a lot of people. I, not a ton of fans. but Ones you know, of people. We're just... Yeah. <laughs> More than one or two. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, we're not... At this point, we're not that concerned about traffic or anything. We're not looking for advertising or, or a huge pre- media presence or anything like that. We're just kind of doing this because we thought it would be fun, and it yeah. is. And it's a really good excuse to kind of talk about stuff we want to talk about. Um, and, and it, you know, it, it, like I probably wouldn't end up – I would probably wouldn't have ended up making a uh, – into the end of the year, like year of review or whatever uh, video if it weren't for the website, if I didn't feel like uh, – there was a reason for me to do it, yeah. which is, which is that we're now doing this website. So uh, it, it's getting me, it's getting me out of my ass or, well, it's, it's keeping me on my ass, but at least I'm doing productive shit. Semi-productive. At least. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, 
Yeah, it's definitely not for the for the exposure, the the massive fan base that we want to acquire. But a lot of the things that we talk about on the show, I probably wouldn't have given the not that I wouldn't have given them the time of day, but I wouldn't have applied much critical thought to them if it wasn't something that we were actually going to talk about. Because just walking around day to day, you're not going to have a, a detailed conversation with somebody about um, whatever some fucking video game we talked about in the past i can't yeah. remember anything right now um, <laughs> I, I never remember what we talk about i just fucking yeah do i was up, I was up writing all night life. like i'm i'm just i'm still awake from that so i'm i'm burning at both ends right now but um it, it is kind of cool not not like it's an accountability thing but in some ways it is like it's not like we're gonna put the put one another in the timeout chair if if you don't put content out but but now that yeah. we're kind of doing something collaboratively both reflecting on one another the efforts of one reflect on the other and make a better whole it's it's cool stuff it's it's nice to like to, yeah whatever fuck it fuck you everybody yeah. you're all banned <laughs> um <laughs> uh Two people have asked about GTA Five for PC. I personally, well, we've already talked about it just a little bit, but personally, yeah, I'll probably get it. Um, I don't know if I'll get it right when it comes out because I don't know. It's it's pretty soon after playing GTA Five, and I don't want to pay full price for the same game. But it it is a really significant update. It's a really interesting update. Uh, it's it's definitely the coolest HD re-release that's ever been done. Um, I, I I definitely plan on getting it and trying it out because it's it's it looks really neat. Um, it's really impressive too. Um, somebody asked what I'm what I'm writing, and somebody asked if I'm making a more analytical video, like separating art and gameplay. Yeah, if you get if you got in a little bit late earlier on, um, both of us are making like year in review type videos, like year end things. And you can, for me at least, I don't know what the style of yours is going to be like exactly. I'm looking forward to seeing how it takes shape. But for me, you can expect. Um, a, a split of of critical analysis and uh and some, some a little bit of comedy but the purpose of it's <laughs> not to i don't know it's not meant to make you laugh as the primary raison d'etre there uh if you've seen like mecha gamesilla's christmas videos um he cracks probably more jokes than than i'm gonna for sure but that kind of style is is generally what it's how it's going to be. Yeah, I based my uh, the the portion of mine where I talk about video games, which might be a little telling about the, how my video is 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 structured. But the portion of mine that talks about video games uh, is is structured off of the portion of Mecha Games that videos where he talks about video games, where it's just like mm-hmm. a really short little blurb about the game, and uh, and most of them, well, they're all games that either I was invested in like i was interested in and wanted to get and ended up not getting or games that i did play in some capacity and and i so i I end up ignoring like a lot of really big games uh of the year but um i i don't have the time to 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 fucking go through every game and i also kind of want to keep the the video at least partly brief you know i don't i didn't really want to go above like 12 minutes and i'm ending up around 10 maybe not quite that and uh 
I, it's not it's not very analytical at all. The the heaviest I get into any game is like three sentences or four sentences even. Uh, I, I I don't I don't get deep into the games or anything like that. I like uh, there's not much point to my video. I just wanted to make a video. Like, I I don't expect too much from yeah. it. Uh, but in the future, I am I I would like to do like analytical videos like not turn my channel into that kind of thing but but just do some of those videos because i've I've enjoyed doing this is the first in any way this is the first kind of video that i've done uh that that's done any kind of like video analysis or or uh anything like that so so i i'm having a lot of fun with it and i'd like to do more of it in the future to a deeper extent yeah i remember um back before the but even before the separating gameplay from art video, and my audience is smaller than yours by a lot, so it's not like I feel less pressure to meet um, an audience's expectations. Oh, I don't feel pressure. Don't. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not going to put up any illusion of feeling pressure. Well, like, um, I, I, I remember because before that, I kind of gotten stuck, or I, I was starting to not like what I felt like I had to make, like this kind of shitty, sardonic quippy blippy v culture garbage and i wasn't liking it and i was playing rhythm heaven at the time and i was really liking it so i just made a quick little review called it a review jam it was like three minutes talking about the game and i had a lot of fun with that and um i'm glad it, it's not like that was even a, a video i'm particularly fond of but i'm glad that i just like at least did it once and then people expect that there's not just one type of video that is going to come out yeah, like, uh, something I have been aware of, like, I don't put a ton of thought into my channel, honestly. I'm, I'm glad I have the fans I do, but, like, I, I don't have a consistent style of video or anything. Uh, the, the, the closest thing I would, co- that would come to, like, uh, my style is, like, clips, like, pretty small videos that are less than a minute long usually and like just stupid shit that I come up with and, and make it less of, less than an hour, but, uh, I, I've been conscious of the idea of like I don't want people to to have an expectation of me. I want I just want my video my my channel to be stuff that I want to do. And so far, people have been pretty positive about weird videos that I've put out. Like I put out a couple of like Arma montages set to music that weren't comedic in any way at all, and people people seem to like those just fine, or at least they didn't hate them when they saw them because like you know if it's not your thing, you you don't have to watch it. And I think people. I think people, uh, I think a lot of a lot of content creators uh, spend too much time thinking about what their audience wants. At least wants you can call really, them tubers. It doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like tubers. I, well, like recently, I was trying to. I had the idea since a couple of weeks ago to do this year-end thing, and I wanted to brush up on some of my editing. So I did the absolutely unthinkable, and just to practice getting timing really tight and solid. I um edited a Johnny Cash song to um to the second half of the movie The End of Evangelion. It's basically a fucking AMV. Made an AMV. Yeah. And uh I never thought I would do that. And people liked it. Like it was being po- I was surprised that there were just three dislikes on it cuz it's a it's seriously it's a fucking AMV. But what I realized was that it wasn't actually pressure from like people because they liked it it's after a while i i didn't really want that public on my channel because i it's just not what i wanted to do so i made it unlisted and you know i I feel better that way like it's not like the reaction was what did it it was just personal taste which is yeah i i have a ton of unlisted videos um i 
people who follow me on Twitter know that because I often post them on Twitter and won't make them public on YouTube just because not necessarily because it's not what my fans expect or anything like that, but just because believe it or not, I do have like a standard of quality and, and, and a, and a sense of what I want my channel to be. Even if it's not a very cohesive thing, it's something like this doesn't fit into what I want to upload publicly on my channel. Uh, so you know, even even though even though when I say I have a standard of quality, even if that might be like a fucking fourteen second fucking clip that spends that, that I spent no time whatsoever editing, if I think it's funny, I'll upload it, or if I think it's interesting, I'll upload it. Um, I, but you know, there, there's just a lot of stuff where I want to show people it, but I don't necessarily want. I don't think people will be entertained by it. Right. I, I might want to show them something, or or I might have experimented with something, but I don't expect it. I, anything I upload. I'm entertained by like I only upload stuff that I can watch and be entertained. If if I don't find a video funny or interesting after I spend a bunch of time making it, I won't make it public. Um, and uh, so I, that's so far that seems like people you know like that in general. So good, but I don't have a very consistent upload schedule or anything like that. This this year in review video will be like the first thing I've uploaded in at least two or three months. So. I think the um yeah I haven't made shit in a while like i think i made something that was about telltale game of thrones but it was just a really shitty montage of a couple glitches i'm not i'm not too happy with that one but this i my favorite ones are the more long form scripted ones that not really have a point but are, are just kind of tighter constructed than things like that that's just my personal aesthetic i'm an auteur i, I need to be unchained and uh yeah what was i gonna say um I think there's a it's a cool middle ground that you get to walk with unlisted videos that you don't have to you get to kind of decide how funny you think your own jokes are and well, <laughs> and that's that's important like with delivery like if you have some zinger in a crowd of people and you just know it's going to kill, and you can, oh, 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 and then you say it out, and everybody laughs. But if it's not that funny, then you might say it to somebody off to the side. There's no reason to divert everybody's attention toward you. There's a self-awareness in real life about, you know, people who aren't idiots understand <laughs> when to when to make something, uh, you know, put it front and center for everybody to see, and when to hold it back and let eyeballs wander over to it. And so I like unlisted videos, and that's what really killed me um, with the Fine Bros um, putting put that copyright strike on my video a while back. Because unlisted videos are just fun. You can just throw something up, and you think it's funny, and share it around, and it's no nonsense. It's easy, and that that pissed me off. But yeah, like I, I want to be able to make videos of me driving around in my car going on a cunt hunt <laughs> like that that's fun to me we're just we're just looking at the webcam and asking you hey do you do you vape do you gamer vape i heard you gamer gape do you gamer gate like this stupid nonsense that doesn't belong on a main channel but i think it's funny yeah and and uh, i don't know i, I oh, you said that your favorite videos are the ones that you like spend a lot of time on scripting and whatnot and ironically I think my favorite videos are the ones that I spend the least time on. Like, um, there's one where I, I just pulled this clip from Arma from back a while ago. Like, I, I was playing with uh, a bad feeling, and so like we weren't. I wasn't playing with like the Arma group. We weren't trying to be serious about it or anything. And we were. I get in this tank, and if if the if you had the volume on in the video, if I had the volume on in the video, 
you would know exactly what's happening. But uh, <coughs> because all the voices are very quiet and stuff, you don't know what... You have no context. I, I just approach the tank, I get in the tank, and then I look out the window of the tank, and it's flying. Like, you just see trees going by. And then I go into third person, and there's just a flying tank. And uh, and the reality of it is, in context, it's a helicopter picking up the tank and airlifting it, but the, for some reason the cable is of the helicopter is invisible, and so it just looks like a flying tank. And uh, and I set it to, to fucking Randy Newman singing in Toy Story about about trying to fly, and I, it's my favorite video, and it's really fucking dumb, and I didn't spend any time making it. But for some reason, there's something about that video. Even though it's my own fucking creation, and this is maybe this is really egotistical or just stupid, I laugh at it every fucking time I watch it. <laughs> like I'll go back and I'll watch it and just laugh at it. It's so stupid though. Um, but yeah, that's I, I I love the videos that I do spend time on. Um, but in the end, like the ones I spend the least time on can sometimes be my favorite and, and, and the funniest to the me. The ones that I like going back to are the ones that, because one of the one of the many skills that I'm vaguely proficient with but not enough to make it into anything <laughs> worthwhile is, like, I've made a couple ads for some small, like, startups, the video ads, and, I like, I'm editing tightly and doing it well is important to me and so like the boss design video i just it's not even that funny but i just like how it cuts right on the beats it's just satisfying it's almost like playing rhythm oh yeah or something. The, my favorite part of making a video is in some ways the most tedious part which is going in and timing the the scene changes to the beats and to what like making it Flow, this should be right? one frame like, earlier. Just one frame earlier, and it's going to be right on the <laughs> yeah. mark. And that's the coolest thing to it me could about be really the 60 hard frames, to... is that because yeah. <laughs> just the way just the way it works um, is a twenty fourth of a second might not feel quite right when you're when you're putting it on a song that has continuous time. So if you more than double the number of frames you have to work with, then you add so much more precision to when you can make cuts, and it just feels so much better to do it that way. And sometimes I'll even edit it in 60 and then um, and then do it down to 30. I'm, I'm not too fond of doing that, but um, it's, it's, it's better to do it that way. But not many people support yeah. 60. Firefox still doesn't support 60 frames per second on YouTube, which is amazing to me. It's been like like four months or so. Yeah, I, I would never, I would never go to that length. I, 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 when I'm recording, first of all, like I don't even record at. I record at a high quality. All my videos are 1080p, even if they're really dumb. Uh, but I keep it at 30 FPS because fucking 60 FPS, and in my mind, that's just two times the storage space for the same amount of content, and I can't do that to myself. Like I don't, I, I need another hard drive on my computer. Like I don't have enough storage space. I, I, I can't do stuff like that. But, um. Yeah, fucking making videos. This is good. Good talk. Is, well, I mean, yeah, that's that's really all that's probably going on in our heads right now. Is uh, it is projects yeah, on the table at the moment. We've we've spent a cumulative. We're making a cumulative thirty minute long video, which like I guess to people who haven't ever made videos, like that doesn't sound like that much. But I've probably spent I've probably spent twenty five hours on this one. Like I've spent so much time on it, and it's. It's it's not at all worth it, but I do it anyway. I do I do enjoy it. I don't know. It's 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 relaxing sometimes. It's sometimes it's stressful, but usually like 
I'll look at the clock and it's like, oh shit, six hours have passed. And I've just been fucking editing, just like in the zone. And it's, there's very few things that get me in the zone like that. And so I, think, I, I do I think Rocco it. from Mega64 said at some point that like he does his best editing real late at night. <laughs> and that's, that's definitely been my experience. Like I can, when you just, it might not even be that it happens late at night, but once you get into a kind of rhythm with with cutting and getting a feel for how it should flow, you just kind of keep doing it and can continue to do it for hours and lose track of the time. Yeah. Do you ever like? Do you ever edit late into the night and then wake up the next morning and watch what you've edited and just fucking despised it? Uh, a couple times. So, well, a lot of times I'll notice like a mistake or or like um. <laughs> Like a, a moment of audio from um, from some other clip, the volume gets funky for a second or like a split second. Yeah, that it's so easy to miss. But I'm, I'm really like not not, I'm not obsessive about, about it. Not like pathologically, I but I really it really irritates me when when there's a little mistake like I, that. I'm I'm obsessive about it. If I notice something in the video that that most people probably will never notice, I still have to fix it. Like. God, I spent so much. I spent so much time just like like if an audio transition doesn't sound quite right, mm-hmm. I will fucking spend a ridiculous amount of time going through and figuring out how to make it sound right. And 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 it's it's not at all economical as far as like time spent. <laughs> like it's it, it takes up a ridiculous amount of time going into those details. But I I I have to do it. Like I can't upload a video and have it have a little mistake like that or anything like that. It but, still uh, pisses me this off. This is a, the hatred video. Cause and it's so minor. It, I don't even know if anybody noticed this, but I I made sure to put the hatred window in the the exact frame that the fine yep. fine bros use, and it's like that perfectly for all of them except the last uh, one two kids, and I didn't notice it before it went up, and then it went up and the yep. next day. By then, the developers of hatred had already commented on the video. I didn't want to remove it, so. <laughs> but that I would never. Me off I, still. I, once I upload it, it's it's done. It's uploaded. So if I if I notice a mistake at that point, it's just like ah fuck it. But uh, but while I'm editing, I cannot let something like that slide. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, this is the first. No, this is the second video I've ever done that required voice voice work. Um, it is that you don't really. I've do only done. Voice yeah, I've never really done that before. Uh, I've done only one, which was like a. Uh, a video joking about having a patreon account and um so that was the first time i'd ever done voice work was for that video i'm I'm pretty sure um and then uh this one is the first time i've done like a lot of voice work and actually had to do it in like not just sounding ironic the whole Mm -hmm. time basically which is what i was doing like it's really easy to just get that tone of voice where you're just being sarcastic uh but like getting a tone of voice that 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 like you're where you're trying to get to just keep people interested and sound kind of enthusiastic, but not overly mm-hmm. so. Uh, it's really tough. And the, I, I recorded all of my fucking audio one night, and then the next day I listened to it and I had to delete it all. All like, of it? I was just yes, all of it, because I was just talking too too normally. Yeah. Like I talked to people day to day, and it, it just didn't sound right. And and at the time, I remember vividly. I remember thinking at the time, like thinking that I was actually being vibrant. <laughs> But then I go back and listen to it, and I wasn't at all. Like I don't know how I thought that that's how I was. And I, like I spent a lot of time recording that shit and doing it over and over and trying to make it sound right. And I thought it sounded great when I went to bed, and then I woke up. And I think it was another one of those cases of like it's one a.m. and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and so I, I went back and recorded it, 
And then I slept on it, and the next day I was like, yes, okay, that sounds good. Uh, yeah, I'm glad um, I'm glad that I tried to pace myself on the voice stuff today, because this is the most voice stuff I've ever had to do for a video. Just fucking 3,000 words of text to yeah, read. Jesus. And the p- delivery was super important, so I'd read you takes and stuff, but it was like 7 a.m. I was about to say last night, but it was this morning, 7 a.m., and I had finally finished the whole thing, and I could have muscled through and recorded the stuff but i just figured like oh my god i could pass out you could a, a stiff breeze could knock me over and i'd be <laughs> out like a light so maybe it's better to wait until i've had some rest and maybe it is shit maybe i'm just in some uh f- f- strange fever dream where i think it's okay but i'm glad that i waited i think that there's i got some rest there's a- there's a kind of video where being in there's a kind of video where being in that state of existence will improve it and 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 Rocco I, I think I probably saw the same thing that you saw where he was talking about editing late at night because I think he was I think he was in particular talking about editing the uh, cosplayers series which do you know what yeah. I'm talking about and those are just those are fever dream videos like they're just fucking crazy like those are I love those videos because they they're they're actually really well edited but they're fucking insane and uh, apparently he edits those always like sleep deprived at like the, the early hours of the morning and um and so i think for that kind of video that improves it a lot but if you're trying to make like if you're trying to make a video where you're just talking about video games it's going to be rough probably um I, i'm afraid for you i'm afraid for you tomorrow watching that video again because i it could be really bad well <laughs> what something i was really um Oh, thanks for the encouragement. No, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. But <laughs> I was really um, cognizant of the the style because I've never made like a video this long, and I already kind of don't like how one note sardonic the the style of a lot of my videos are. And for something that's that's three minutes long, it can get kind of grating. Uh, top five video games of all time is an example where I think it really wears thin by the end. But for 20 minutes of that, you can't just listen to 20 minutes of somebody. No. And then, uh-huh, ironic, and you can't ironic. Keep up, yeah, you can't even keep up that style of humor for more than a few mm-hmm. minutes, or else it's just going to get stale yeah. really quickly. Yeah. So I just I just tried to keep it not more vanilla, really, but not not as ironic on purpose. Like, if I've got something to say sincerely, I'll just say it sincerely. And if I've got a little quip, I'll do it that way. And I think the script, at least, turned out better for it, that once I try to tone down that kind of uh, edge, then, then it turned out better. Yeah. But it hasn't even yeah, turned mine's... out at all yet, so... <laughs> yeah, when, when, are you, uh, when are you planning on your releasing yours? Because I'd like to do it around the same time. Um, I'm going to do it New Year's Eve, probably. Yeah, I... I was thinking about doing it tomorrow just because nobody probably wants to watch a long video on New Year's Eve, but uh, but mine would definitely be more fitting for New Year's Eve, so I might wait until then. But I've yeah, got I've it already got, done. I've already like, got like, old Lang Syne in my video and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the cool I, thing... I almost had that in mind, but then I decided to change this it. This <laughs> might be not um, quite needed or anything, but it's something I noticed that YouTube added, and I'm not sure when they did, but um, scheduled uploading? When, when did that happen? When... Have you seen that? I've never seen that, no. Well, it used to be that you would go to upload something, and uh, the options were um, public, unlisted, and private. They added a new option called scheduled, 
and I'm pretty sure it works just like a lot of other scheduled um, posting works, like with things like uh, like Twitter, with certain applications that you schedule tweets to go out at certain times. Um, it basically works the same way, that you can queue up a video to release at exactly a certain time, which I would, I, I would kind of like that, because a lot of times I finish yeah. videos at like 5 in the morning... <laughs> And I don't yeah, want to I always it, finish man. videos like past midnight. I can't. Yeah, and I never. Yeah, uh, you like. I don't think too much about this shit, but you always do want to release it like in the afternoon or something, where people will at least have a chance of like saying like, "Oh, there's a new upload." Like, not just wake up the next morning and see it, and then maybe not watch it. Like, you want it to be something that people might stumble on uh, when it's uploaded. But uh, I, yeah, I would like that feature. But what I usually do is I just upload it unlisted and then make it public, which is. It at least used to be if you try that like a lot of the time it wouldn't show up for anyone like it, it would it would be public but it wouldn't show up on the feed mm-hmm. at all uh, but now it seems to be more stable and so now I'd actually be afraid to use that system because I'd be afraid the same thing would happen to what it used to do with the uh, unlisted videos but whatever um, yeah I'll I'll probably I'll probably upload mine to like I have to upload it tonight pretty much because uh, I'm flying out tomorrow so. I'll upload it tonight and then make it public on like New Year's Eve or something. Um, I'm excited though. Yeah, I think it's a good video. I'm, I'm excited to get this done too. Uh, it's it's I don't know if it's going to be good, but at the very least, it's the most ambitious thing I've tried. So yeah, there it is. Yeah, I, I like mine, and I'm confident that it's at least good. I, I don't know if it'll be right up everyone's alley, and I didn't do I didn't do all of what I wanted to do because I just didn't have the time it's as simple as that like it would probably be twice as long if i at least twice as long if i if i had more time but um it, it, i do like it uh i i don't know I, I mine's not nearly as ambitious as yours but at least for me like for what i've done <laughs> over my video making career it is it is very ambitious uh personally but you 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 you're more accustomed to making videos like this and i'm, I'm not like this is kind of a first for me so. yeah like uh, this is you said the second one that even had like voice proper voicing it at all. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That so yeah, that would that would be kind of overwhelming if like your sub showed up and there's like an hour long. Um, what, what Total Biscuit? You saw that the um, the arbitrary awards or something we called it, but I didn't. See I didn't. It, no, I didn't watch I, it either. Cause I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I really couldn't care less about it. But um, <laughs> it's like an hour and. Either an hour and fifteen minutes or an hour and forty-five minutes, and I say that while we're doing a podcast, which all frequently goes in that territory. But sure. for like a total, I can't listen to Total Biscuit talk by himself for that long. Yeah, I can't do it either. <laughs> it, I like him. Like I, 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 I like even the way he talks. As people make fun, it's very easy to make fun of. I do it all the time. Make fun of the way he talks, but I do think he's got a good, you know, I guess radio voice or whatever. Uh, but he's way too long-winded. Mm-hmm. Most of his videos are, are like twenty or thirty minutes, and they could be f- five or ten. Um, he he repeats himself a lot. He says the same thing, or he just spends way too long saying it. Which uh, that's fine, I think, for a, for a podcast where you're having a conversation right. with someone. But when it's just one guy rambling, uh, some people can do it. Yeah. Like, have you listened to um, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast? No, but I do like Bill Burr. Jesus, well, he's a comedic genius one yeah he's pretty good that the monday morning podcast except for like i think two episodes that had like a guest it's just him by himself talking and it's fascinating it's it's amazing he can just carry your interest over hours 
by himself. It's it's so crazy. It's Total Biscuit can't do it like like he does, um, and that's just part of it that you're amused, and he's not just um, hitting the same beats about consumer rights and. And proper, yeah. proper tidy, mate. Whatever. It's easy to make fun of it. I, I mean, I, but <clears throat> yeah, it's. It, I don't dislike Total Neither Biscuit, no. and, and and usually I agree with his opinions, even if he does tend to make a bigger deal out of things than I feel like it should be. But uh, it, yeah, it, it's hard to listen to him. He should. I think. I think he would benefit a lot from scripting. Like he. I think his kind of style is to just go off the cuff, but. I think he I think he could do really good scripted videos. I just frankly I don't think he wants to put the effort in. Well, uh, he's already yeah, at that point be, where he can just kind of do what he wants. It would be economical for him. Like he's got a he releases videos so frequently that to script quality things. Oh yeah, yeah. If if it's easy enough for him to cuz once you start talking about the same issues long enough, you develop a kind of personal vocabulary that you can draw from at will. Like phrases that most people wouldn't think of using at all like uh and and they can really take this this business back to the bank or the hole or whatever you know, he'll <laughs> yeah. he'll say the same phrase in like five different videos because it's just part of yeah. his own lexicon that is he can just what's that called um i don't know i would call it like announcer phrases or announcer like like the way that a sportscaster talks and and has all these metaphors just literally in the bank of their mind. Yeah, not yeah, that's what, in the bank of their mind. They could just pull them out instantly, and 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 like when to a casual viewer, it's like, oh, that was really good. But you know that like he's already thought of that a long time ago, and he's just right. got it there in the back of his head. It, it, yeah, I think a sportscaster is probably one of the best. Uh analogies for it like you'll hear the same um and that was a real genius play and you know he's got to eye up what am i gonna do next in the next uh foot inning football ball ball it's a hard job. it is like, it is that's that that would be really tough that'd be something i'd like to just try just to see if i could do it and you know um, what well, something that i think people don't give enough credit to because it's kind of scummy almost to think about but like when let's players will very obviously ham up their reactions and pretend to be amused or or um you just talk about stupid shit by themselves um and and force it really forced but to be able to do that at all is impressive to yeah it, it's I, some of it's like I just think... lacking a kind of self-awareness where it's like wow I'm saying some stupid shit right now by turning off that filter completely, they wind up actually being interesting <laughs> yeah. because most people, if they try that, they end up into like a kind of half limbo where they are kind of limiting what they say, but it's just boring because they're trying to not say stupid things and wind up not saying yeah. anything in dead air and what whatever. Uh, there's, I, I guess it comes, it comes down to personal preference, but there are let's players that I hate. I've enjoyed watching just where. I've wanted to see a part of a game or something, and the only thing I could find is a Let's Play. Like, that's the only reason I would ever watch a Let's Play of that style. I mean, I watch um, Giant Bomb does quick looks, and I, I watch their stuff, but they're far more like they they talk about the game. Like, they're, they're kind of doing a quick off-the-cuff review of it almost. But um, the, these Let's Plays, like, I, in my opinion, the best ones are where people don't necessarily have a filter, but they don't feel the need to talk constantly. Mm. And... Uh, that's not what you're, you're you're talking about the ability to talk constantly, but I do think that that there's something to be said for people who can confidently maintain a silence at the right moments sure. and then talk when it needs to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a guy who was playing Metal Gear Solid, and I don't know what the fuck his name is. I just stumbled across him because I was looking up a scene or whatever. But like, 
he would he was very sparse with what he said and when he would say something it would be funny or or whatever like at least just a little bit humorous and 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 that was like great good job you know like you're you're not obnoxious and 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 the things that you say actually have some sort of fucking substance to them and something that i've started to notice with the less players that do talk constantly all they really most of them what they seem to do is they just if they don't have anything to say they talk about exactly what they're seeing on the screen at that moment just they fucking talk about that's it like fucking uh dsp you know he's entertaining to watch for the wrong reasons but when he's just watching a cutscene or something he won't even fucking shut up during the cutscenes he just sits there and fucking talks about what he's seeing in the cutscene just constantly even if it's just repeating the same fucking thing over and over it's it's insane that's why i have to watch and i I think most people do this instead of actually going to his real videos you have to watch edits of that because you're there for the juicy bits where he's an idiot and just listening to him talk about boring things that don't show how dumb he is is just oh my god it's bad. Like I saw, I've, I watched him live stream Dark Souls because I wanted to see people invade it's him so and see the chat. So <laughs> it, it, well, the Dark Souls was entertaining because people were intentionally trying to fuck him up his game. Like mm, right. he was just getting invaded constantly because everyone jumps in and starts playing just to invade him, and he's like playing it way after it was released. And so, like the whole chat is in on it, and like <laughs> that was pretty entertaining. But uh, but yeah, he just sits there and fucking repeats himself and just says nothing. Um, and he's not the only example. He's the most extreme example obviously but um and yeah we mentioned um sportscasters i was watching a couple super smash brothers four streams um just because i'm really loving this game and i just i just want to see it because it's cool and god i didn't even know i kind of vaguely knew how competitive smash brothers was and like i've seen some high level play before but there it's really really impressive um that I don't think it's fair to call that just a party game. It's it it's a proper fighting game for sure. And people people downplay the competitive side to that because they feel like it's such a a party game that like because it's so mainstream, people forget that there's there is a really serious competitive. Like people joke around about it being competitive, but no, it people do play that extremely the, competitively. What I don't know shit about uh, real quote unquote real fighting games like Street Fighter or, or anything. Like I vaguely know about them, but I don't know the technical details of them. But it's not like Smash is a uh, just a watered-down version of that. They're very much different, and still there's still room for competition. Anything, like Smash, you're, a lot of it is just your, your movement and like how you're flying across the stage and knowing when to stop and tech and air dodge and do all these kinds of things that keep your momentum. And a lot of it is predicting where they're going to be below you, above you, a lot of it has to do with position and movement. And from at least what I've seen in some Street Fighter streams, there's a lot going on, but the, it, it, its strengths are in other areas. They're not, like, the same type of game, one better than the other, clearly. Yeah, the, um... The, I Smash Brothers is probably the only fighting game I've ever played where... I, I well, first of all, I don't feel like I'm missing out by not knowing combos and shit because yeah. there aren't really combos in Smash Brothers, which is fucking great. I think that's the worst thing about fighting games is the requirement that you have to to have previous knowledge of like what combos to use and shit like that. Uh, Smash Brothers, like, sure, there's there's move sets, but they're very simple. You can learn them very quickly, and like they're they're just they're simple enough where you don't feel like. Like you can play one game and you feel like you know the character well enough to, to hold your own. But in a fucking fighting game, like you've got no fucking idea what you're doing. And uh, 
And then, like, I've played a lot of, like, purposefully derivative fighting games like Dive Kick and uh, Lethal League. Those games are so simple that you can't play them for more than, like, an hour, and uh, you'll, you'll get bored. Uh, they're, they're good. I like them a lot, but you will get bored with them very quickly. Uh, but Smash Bros. fills this perfect little niche of, like... It, it keeps that... There's so much depth to it, but, but the depth doesn't... You don't feel like you have to, to know that depth, or, like, it feels like you can learn that depth very easily. You yeah. can jump into a new character and play one game, it and you're good. It keeps that skill ceiling very, very high, just like all fighting games do. Very high skill ceiling. But it also raises the skill floor. Like, you're not going to jump into Smash and have no idea what to do. You can play the game and have fun and be competent at first, but there's still, you know, leagues to go before you're a master. Yeah. I I don't know. Just And and one interesting thing is a lot of people shit on Smash because the characters are so different. And, oh, there's going to be all kinds of unbalanced ones and... Well, Mewtwo King, I don't know if you know him, but he's basically widely regarded the best Smash player ever. Um, he's usually the top ranked in all of the games at any given point, and he's really the only player who's been the best period at Melee Brawl and the new one. Like, he's he just gets it. It's borderline autistic, and in fact, you can kind of see him, like, probably, rocking yeah, back and probably forth. Is um, I think he actually is autistic, but, I mean, if, if fucking, he's skilled, so you can't hate on him for it. Anyway, what he said was, in, like, a Facebook post, the way he was describing, people were, like, asking for Diddy Kong to be nerfed in the new one, because they think he's overpowered, and the they, he was, like, finding joy in how overpowered people thought he was because apparently it's like a regular thing that people will find some new technique and then people find like workarounds for it. And because there are so many different characters, each might have a little quirk that can counter some other quirk that another character has. It's cool dynamics and the pros really enjoy feeling those out. It's, I don't think that can be, I don't think that's a bad thing that there's that kind of complicated uh, disparity between characters. Yeah, I, I think the only the only time that Smash, like I think the only time that that the uh, the unbalanced nature of Smash is a problem is that very low level gameplay, because there's some characters that are just easier to play than others. I, I think that that's something like that MOBAs get see a lot of, which is like, well, this character is really overpowered for beginners, but to the pros, like it's not that different from from the other other characters just you have to know how to play them uh and so i i yeah i i feel like they from what i've seen nintendo actually does spend a ridiculous amount of time like balancing their game and making it appeal to the competitive market which is good because i don't think that that's a very large market at all like i think that they could just ignore that completely and the game would be fine (laughs) so good for them for like supporting a uh a demographic that's not very large at all the biggest deal that shows that they cared was the Omega stages. Every stage in the game has a separate Omega stage that uses the assets from the stage, but it's rebuilt to be exactly the same size and shape as Final Destination, no hazards or anything. So they realize that people who want a more consistent, competitive experience aren't going to want to look at the same background forever. It's such a minor thing. They could have easily gotten away with not doing it, and it required them to rebuild each stage. Because you try to make custom stages, it doesn't like procedurally make it into a final destination shape. You have to manually put them together if you want them that way. So such so, yeah. so much effort for a minor thing, but it's a show of good faith that that really needs more recognition. Yeah. Um, 
All right, we've been we've went off on a lot of tangents there. Uh, it's about time to wrap up the podcast. I think really, uh, I I actually just looked at the clock for the first time in a while, and we're right on right on schedule with our general hour and forty five minute. <laughs> we're not aiming for that really. But yeah, it, just it turns it out that up, it does seem yeah. to be that way. Um, although I think the last couple have been a little longer, and uh, I I do think it's worth mentioning um, next week. I, we don't have any specific. We haven't really talked about this in specific terms yet. But I would like to do a special game of the year, not game of the year. Well, maybe game of the year podcast. I think, I think we where, did talk about that. I'm digging that too. I like that idea. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know exactly what format it'll take, but it will definitely be more of a more of an affair. Like it'll be a little more organized, maybe. And we'll, I guess I, we'll probably do it live, but still, like it's not going to be like an edited thing. But but I think that. What I would like to do is maybe like come up with a list of awards and then talk about what games we personally want to win those awards or whatever. Like not not necessarily grant them those awards, but just talk about like what games you know yeah, fit I those mean, categories. It's not and like stuff. we have anything to award them, but we can at least declare our opinions. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the developer's going to be like putting our award on their uh, game case or anything. But maybe we can get the uh, rhythm doctor guy to uh, to to. to <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, uh, I think that would be fun. Uh, don't know exactly how that's going to turn out, but I would—I I guess probably normal podcast time, maybe even more normal podcast length, but don't expect it to be a normal podcast. Uh, so going to knock your socks yeah. off with something you never expected. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, so I guess that's it. Wrapping it up. Thanks for watching, guys. I hope everyone. Uh, Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas, and I hope everyone has a Happy New Year and enjoys our new videos and enjoys next week's podcast as well. Uh, see you next time. See ya. Good shit. Oh, God.